0: This house gave me uh, $51,500 from a house I never owned, and I put under contract for $10. Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless and today's best ever guests as they share it with you. It's the best ever advice with none of the fluff. Let's go.
1: Heard of crowdfunding and still curious about how you can benefit from it? Well, we've got a step by step guide put together just for you by the best ever team and Patch of Land, the industry's leading crowdfunding experts. The best crowdfunding crash course ever, episodes 152, 159, 166, and 173, will provide you all you need to know to get started and begin benefiting immediately. Whether it's getting access to funds for your project or passively investing in other people's deals, the time is now to get started with Patch of Land. Go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever to grab your copy of the top 10 answers to the top 10 crowdfunding questions. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-E-N-D.com forward slash best ever. Hi, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless, and I'm here with another Joe, Joe Bodek. How's it going, Joe?
0: Pretty good. Thanks for having me on, Joe.
1: Glad to have you on the show and I always get a kick out of it whenever the guest has the same name as me because it's just like a, a parallel Seinfeld type of episode.
0: Yeah, we get to confuse everybody.
1: <laughs> well, this Joe is much more accomplished according to his background than I am. Um, he's a third-generation real estate entrepreneur who was born and raised in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He has run over seven, seven apartment communities, which is 3,000 units. Um, he's managed them. He has developed land. He's built single-family homes. He's currently specializing in actively doing lease options. You can say hi to him at his website, real what is it? It's dot com. There was a glare on my computer. And uh, interestingly about him, but non-real estate related, he is a accomplished guitar player. He's played with some local um, musicians in the Philly area. Uh, So you might have seen him out playing if you're in Philly. Uh, With that being said, Joe, you want to give the best-ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now?
0: Yeah, I'd be happy to do that. Um, Background-wise, it's kind of uh, maybe a little different story than you get from a lot of the gentlemen and ladies that you have on. Um, I wasn't uh, uh, you know, working a 9-to-5 job and then found real estate. I was was birthed into real estate, really. Um, My dad was... um, uh, probably one of the biggest if not the biggest builder back in the uh, uh, 60s and 70s 50s, 60s and 70s in the country he was a uh, he built you know full communities um, uh, single family homes and shopping centers and, uh, churches and schools and the whole bit. And, um, so I was, I was birthed into real estate and, uh, I remember riding the jobs on his lap when I was a little kid, but uh, after college, I, I, I wound up going to work for him. That was back in 1971. I'm probably dating myself here. And, um, I, as you say, I was running apartment houses apartment complexes for him and um, under his tutelage, which was kind of neat, that's where I had my first uh, exposure to a mentor. Um, I, I learned how to build single family homes and how to you know develop uh, ground and things of that nature. So I, I did that for a number of years um, and then uh, in the mid uh, mid 80s or so, uh, he decided he wanted to retire, so everything got got sold off. Uh, little by little, and he went on down to Florida and, uh, and uh, spent the rest of his years down there. And um, I kind of went off on my own a little bit. Um, I became a realtor for a while. I really didn't like that too much. Um, so I left, uh, left that and wanted to get out of real estate for a little bit, just to kind of experience some other things. And I wound up, believe it or not, in the insurance business. And the only reason I mentioned that is because, uh, I worked my way up to becoming senior vice president in, in this company. But, uh, the beauty of it was, was that I got, uh, schooled and mentored by, uh, probably the best sales and marketing people that I've ever seen. They were just, they were fantastic. And the reason I mentioned that was because I was able to use that uh, when I decided to get back into real estate. And um, so I left a tradition. When I went back into real estate, I kind of could go two ways. I could go back into traditional real estate, as I call it, which is, you know, building houses and things of that nature. Uh, Or I could go into what was just kind of being born then was creative real estate. And um, it's kind of funny how I got uh, involved in it. Um, I um, was receiving these um, uh, mailers from uh, a guru at that time. Now, there were only very few back then. Um, as I say, I'm dating myself. Uh, some of some of your um some of your uh, best ever listeners may uh, recall a name, uh, Carlin Sheets. He was the big guy back then, and he was the of first. Course. Yeah, he was the first yeah. guy that came up with you know no money down real estate, and of course I bought his course. But uh, like everybody else out there, but it was another guy that kept uh, sending me um, uh, all these. Um, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, flyers. And um, so my attitude at that time, because I was background, my background was traditional real estate, was that what he was telling me was just nonsense. I mean, he was saying you could uh, uh, take over properties for $10 and you could get all the equity out of them and uh, make all this you know, money up front and all this stuff and not put any money into it. And I just you know, My background was completely different, and I didn't believe it. So uh, I said, well, I'm going to buy his course, and I'm going to do everything he said, and I'm going to prove him wrong, and I'm going to send him a nasty letter, and I'm going to report him to the, uh, to the real estate commission. Uh, that's what I was going to do because this, this had to be a ripoff. So I went ahead and I bought it, and I did everything that the man said to do, and 31 days later, I'll never forget it, it was exactly 31 days after I got the course, I had a $5,000 check in my hand, and I had a property under a lease option contract, and I couldn't believe it. I was floored because what this guy said actually worked. So wow. yeah, and it was great because everybody was happy, you know, the owner was happy, uh, I was happy, the person that uh, uh, picked up the house on the lease option was happy. So, you know, everybody was all thank you. So I couldn't believe it. So once I saw that this actually worked, I, I, I decided that was the direction I was going to go. So I started doing lease options, uh, which is what I, uh, my, the niche that I really liked a lot and um, I had various niches that he taught. And... Um, I started doing those and I started out with sandwich leases, lease options, which are the ones where you stay in the middle of those, of those deals from beginning to end and then moved into what was called cooperative assignments back then. It's now called uh, wholesale lease options by a lot of people. And, um, uh, that's sort of like similar to flipping, uh, flipping, uh, houses traditionally the way, you know, you get it under contract and you flip it to a, uh, uh, cash buyer type thing, but here you're 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 flipping it to a uh, an end user. So at any rate, I started doing those and uh, did them for a number of years. And then around 2012, I had so many people asking me, you know, questions on how to do these options over the years that I decided, well, you know, I kind of like telling these people how to do this stuff, so maybe I'll try and be a mentor. And um, uh, I found I was pretty good at it, but there was a couple of things about it that I I saw in mentoring that I wanted to change. So when I uh, invented this program that I have now, the two things that I really wanted to change was I wanted to cure one problem, which was the high cost of, of mentoring out there. The upfront cost is, you know, very prohibitive for a lot of people. And, and I'm not getting down on the, on the guys out there. I think you know you should be paid what you're worth. Um, but there's a lot of people out there that can't afford uh, the, the high cost out there. So I wanted to make something available to them. So what I did was I set it up so that they can get involved with uh, mentoring, uh, at least learning how to do these options. And I do also teach how to uh, flip houses traditionally. But I wanted to set it up on the cheap. So I, for people to get involved in the program that I Put together, it costs them less than, you know, a night out to uh, uh, a movie and, and dinner, you know, with your significant other. So uh, that, that took away uh, the problem of uh, people being able to get into a program. And um, the other thing that I wanted to do was to uh, manage time a little better. Uh, a lot of the programs, and I've had mentors, so I, you know, I know how much of these programs work. Um, I wanted to, instead of having them, you know, meet with me on uh, a Tuesday once a week or something of that nature, I wanted to make myself available to them so I could move them as fast as I possibly could. And um, rather than just do it like one day a week or something of that nature, what I decided was I was going to, instead of just putting them out there with a a manual and setting them loose, which kind of makes them a little bit more dangerous than anything else, um, I wanted to actually walk them through the deals. So that's what I do. I actually walk the students through the deals from beginning to end. I talk to the uh, sellers while they're on the phone with me so they can you know, cut their learning curve down by listening to me actually do it. And I talk to the buyers when I have to and take them from beginning to end. And the, the object was to get them to get that first and second, second deal or however many we're going to do together you know, done as quickly as possible. So I feel that I kinda cured a couple of the problems out there that I that I saw was affecting a lot of people that wanted to get into the business or at least experience it to see if they liked it. Um, uh, without having to, you know, uh, mortgage their firstborn male child, you know, because that's how so much some of these courses cost. But uh, so now most of my time is, is pretty much dedicated. I still do my own deals, but most of my time is dedicated to working with these students. And, of course, when we do these deals, the way I make my fee is we split the deal, so they're making money because the the uh, program that I have is called the Earn While You Learn Lease Option Mentoring Program. So they're actually earning while they're learning, and that's how I get my fee. So if I can't get them making money, I don't get a fee, which is kind of the way I, I think that uh, uh, that mentoring should be done. It, you know, if you're not producing, you shouldn't really you know get paid.
1: Yeah. So let's let's talk some specifics uh, on kind of the story that you mentioned earlier. Uh, so you, you said you went into insurance and you worked with the, the best of the best or you learned a lot um, from a sales and marketing standpoint, what specifically did you learn and how are you applying that to your business with doing lease options?
0: Yeah, well, what I learned really was um, marketing is the key. I mean, that, that's the, the name of the game. And um, uh, this kind of falls into, I think, the next question you're going to ask me, which is about best, uh, the best advice. So can I attack that at the same time?
1: Well, uh, not yet, not my yet? friend, because okay. I've got a lot of other questions before I ask that. All so, right. Well, um, yeah.
0: what I learned basically uh, was how to work with people. Um, they just basically taught me, for example, um, to be specific when you're, when you uh, are working with people in marketing and sales, uh, you need to control the situation. And the way that you control the situation is by questions. Uh, he who asks the most questions always wins. So when someone asks you a question, um, like, well, how much is, is that, is the house? Uh, the answer you might have is, well, if I can make that house affordable for you, would you do business with me? Okay. And by asking all these questions, that's how you, uh, get things done. As an example, one of the things that we did uh, when we, when I worked in the insurance business, we had a flip chart, for example. And in that flip chart, there were 36, uh, affirmations. In other words, we got, uh, in, in about 15 minutes, we got the, um, a buyer, the, the prospect, to actually say yes 36 times before we asked them uh, or went to the close, so to speak. And by doing that, you get people to, uh, you know, get used to saying yes. And by the time you get to asking them, uh, you know, for the for the sale, uh, they say yes. Now you can take that lesson and apply it into real estate, you know, by when you're talking to a seller. Uh, you know sir if I can make you know if I can solve your problem uh, would you do business with me well he's he's going to say yes and so those are the kind of the specifics that I learned from these guys
1: when you are looking at different types of lease options you'd mentioned three of them I believe two one actually. is le two okay yeah. so lease options and what sandwich lease well option? there's
0: yeah, there's a there's a sandwich lease option, which basically very quickly means that you stay in the middle of that deal. Um, that's why they call it a sandwich. So what you're actually doing is you're you're leasing the property with the option to purchase it from the seller, with the right to sublease. So you 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 have an agreement with the seller, uh, and you have the right to sublease it to a tenant buyer. Uh, who, who will have the option to purchase it. And there's three three separate paydays when you have a sandwich lease option. The first is the option consideration, which the tenant buyer gives you up front. That goes towards the purchase of the property. The second is the rental spread, which is the difference between what you're going to be paying the, uh, the seller, uh, the owner, and what you're collecting from the buyer. And then the third is the back end. So, for example, if you had $20,000 in the deal that you were, you know, uh, spread in the deal and you took, let's say, $10,000 up front as the option consideration, you would have another ten when you go to close down the road a year or so from now. So those are the three paydays that you have. So it's a way to control a property without owning it and create uh, income, residual income, without having to go to the bank and own it. Okay.
1: And then you, you've you got the sandwich lease option, which you just described, mm-hmm. the lease option, and um, you said also the wholesale lease option. So are there three or No, there there's
0: two? two. There's two. Um, the lease option is just the, the, the uh, main name for it. Again, they, it breaks down to two different types, which is the sandwich and the wholesale. And the wholesale works very much like a, a traditional uh, wholesale deal uh, where you get the property under contract and you would then find a tenant buyer. You would have the, at least the way I do them, I have the, uh, the owner approve the, the candidate. Uh, when he approves the candidate, then I do an assignment and assign the agreement to that tenant buyer. And um, I'm out of the deal, and I collect an assignment fee from that tenant buyer, and that's how I'm paid.
1: With your experience and with your, your dad's experience you know, in development and you know with you managing uh, previously, managing seven apartment communities, so 3,000 units, doing development of land, um, why did you decide to go into single-family home lease options um, whenever you were doing development and large-scale projects?
0: One of the big reasons that I did it was because I didn't want to deal with banks anymore. Um, if you recall, back in the '80s, um, the SNLs went crazy, and for no reason at all, they started calling loans. I mean, the, 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 I, I forget the exact incident, but at any rate, they started calling loans, and and I physically watched multimillionaires go broke in an instant because of uh, what was going on with the banks. And we've seen that in recessions. Um, From, you know, uh, the the 70s, actually. I've been through a lot of them because I'm an old guy. I've been around a long time. And I've seen banks do things that, you know, are out of your control. And uh, I didn't want to be subject to banks anymore. I mean, I remember when I was building, I would, you know, I'd go and i sign paperwork and commit myself to five, six, seven, ten million six, seven, $10 million. And it isn't that the deals didn't go good. I built the houses, everything went well. But I always knew that if something went weird, I, I would have a bank chasing after me and or could possibly ruin what I was doing. So when I'm dealing with uh, lease options and in creative real estate, other forms of creative real estate, you're making the owner of the bank and... It's much easier to deal with an owner if a problem comes up than it is to deal with a bank. So that, that's why I, I, I stopped uh, uh, building and so forth. is isn't I didn't enjoy it. I just didn't want to be a the effective bank.
1: All right. Now we're ready, my friend. What is your best real estate investing advice ever?
0: Okay. Well, that comes back to the uh, – that's why I related the, uh, the marketing that uh, I learned uh, from the insurance guys. Um, my best advice, uh, best advice that I can give uh, your, um, your listeners out there, your best ever listeners, is that uh, they've got to become a master marketer. Um, this real estate, creative real estate, really it's the marketing business. It's not the real estate business. Um, people think that, that, you know, they've got to know how to make multiple offers and contract forms and know how the contract forms work and all the other forms and, and all that is good to know. You need to know that, obviously. I obviously teach that. But uh, if, you're, if you're the smartest investor in the world, but you don't have anybody to talk to, it doesn't matter. I mean, you can be the, the most brilliant guy out there, you know, look at a deal and dissect it in 30 seconds. But if there's nobody to sell it to or if there's no sellers that you're talking to, it's, it doesn't do you any good. So, you know, I'll take a dummy like myself when I first started uh, who can market like crazy over a thinker brain at any day because you got to remember when I started out. I really had no clue what I was doing. I I know I had all that real estate background, but that was traditional real estate. It was directly opposite of 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 what we do in creative real estate. And to be frank with you, you know, all my colleagues, including myself, when I first got involved in creative real estate, you know, I thought it was illegal, immoral, unethical, and probably fattening. Okay, because it was just it was it was who's going to give you equity in the property for nothing, basically. But yet that happens when you're doing these options. It happens all the time. Um, and in other, you know, and when you're doing wholesale deals too, you know, it happens, or well, you can't do them without equity in them. So I had to relearn everything that, that I that I had previously known. And because I had a lot of people to talk to when I first started out, because of my marketing background, and I could go out there and market to find sellers and find buyers. I didn't really know what I was doing, but there were so many people I was talking to that deals were just happening just because of the volume of people that I was talking to. So the best advice advice that I can give anybody uh, starting out in the business or already in it, if you're not where you want to be, go learn to market and study marketers out there. And if you do that and you have lots of people to talk to and you're in the right market talking to the right people – you, you're you're going to tear it up. There's no way that you can't. But if you don't have anybody to talk to, doesn't matter how smart you are.
1: In addition to what your insight as far as the person who controls the situation, uh, well, the you said he who he or she who asks the questions um, always wins. So really, controlling the situation through questions. Is there mm-hmm. another tactic or tip that you want to give the best ever listeners like that?
0: Well, let's see. Um, Well, I I would say that um, you've got to have full disclosure uh, in whatever you do because you're going to be talking to people. And if if you tell them a story of any sort, um, you've got to remember what you said. But if you have full disclosure at all times, particularly in this business, um, you're never going to have to remember what you said because you're always going to be saying the same thing. So um, when you're dealing with people out there, my best advice to anyone is to always tell them the truth. Uh, for example, I have uh, students that ask me, well, when I talk to a seller, should I tell them I'm an investor? Because there are, you know, I, look, I study the, guru, the gurus out there. I, I, I get all their emails. Um, I, I look over. I like to see what they're doing, what they're teaching and so forth. And everybody has their own way. And I'm not saying one is worse than or bad and one is good, but I'm just saying the way that I look at things is different than some. And, you know, there are some people that learn to go out and, you know, schmooze with the individual that they're talking to, the the, the seller. And uh, after they, you know, make friends and they have a little mini relationship and all that good stuff, uh, then they spring on them that they're an investor. And a couple of things have happened here. Number one, if the individual, you know, is not looking to discount their property or deal with an investor, you just wasted a whole lot of time. Number two, you know, everything changes with time and circumstance. So this individual that you're talking to, he may, you know, not be able to get uh, what he's after. So it, you, you're kind of closing the door because when you spring on him that you're an investor, uh, all of a sudden it's sort of like, you know, you were telling a story up front. Because okay, you were making out like you were the person that wanted to buy the house, like you were the end user. So I always uh, teach to practice full disclosure. The first thing out of uh, my mouth when I talk to a seller and then I teach my students is, Hi, my name is Joe Bodak. I'm an investor in the area. So they know exactly who I am and where I'm coming from. Full disclosure. And I find that I can build a relationship with them that much faster. They know who I am, what I'm about. And if, you know... I can't solve the problem that they have right now. As I say, everything changes with time and circumstance and so they'll call me and believe me, I get a lot of calls from people that could not get their house sold for what they wanted or whatever and uh, they'll call me down the road because I was straightforward with them up front. So, my, my, my other advice to you is always full disclosure right up front.
1: Are you ready for the best ever lightning round? I can give it a shot. All right, then we shall do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Crowdfunding. You've heard about it, and now it's time to learn about it. Our best ever sponsor, Patch of Land, is a leading expert in the crowdfunding space, and they've got all the answers to your crowdfunding questions. Go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and grab your copy of the top 10 answers to the top 10 crowdfunding questions. That's p-a-t-c-h-o-f-l-e-n-d dot com forward slash best ever. What's the best ever book you've read?
0: I would think that uh, for me, it was Think and Grow Rich probably by Napoleon Hill. You know, he was the granddaddy of them all. And uh, I I think probably his is probably one of the best ones out there.
1: Best ever personal growth experience and what'd you learn from it?
0: Well, for me, it was actually being broke. Um, I've actually gone gone broke now and again. And, um, uh, you know, uh, one of the best things was to come back. Come back from it, you know. I've been broke, I've been rich, and I can tell your uh, best ever listeners, and I like rich a whole lot better. So um, <laughs> I think that um, uh, that was probably the the um, the best experience that, that you can have. So you know that would that would be mine, going broke and coming, you know, clawing my way back out of it
1: again. Best ever success habit you practice?
0: Um, I would say getting back to the advice, constantly studying and improving my marketing. Um, as I said marketing is the key to the business uh, or an, any business that you're going to go in. I mean if it's not real estate Whatever you're going and you have to have people to talk to so I, I would say that my best success habit is I I try to uh, Follow as many different marketers and today the you know with the advent of the internet and I'm kind of computer uh, illiterate I'm, I'm, I'm kind of challenged um, these guys have taught me a whole lot of stuff so uh, there's a ton of uh, marketers that you can learn from out there, and that's what I would suggest that you do.
1: Best ever deal you've done? Well, uh, I
0: would have to say the best ever deal that I've done is always a deal that I'm doing now. <laughs> that would always be the best one. Um, actually I do have one that I, I have in the works right now that um, is representative of the kind of deals that I really like. It's it's actually closing this month. Um, this was a deal that actually started back in September uh, 11. This is one of the reasons, uh, September 2011. Uh, this is one of the reasons why I really like lease options. A woman had called me uh, from a postcard that I sent uh, to an expired listing, because I work the MLS quite a bit. And um, she had called me about a four-bedroom, uh, two-bath colonial. i mean, perfect shape, ready to go. For whatever reason, she had had it listed, and her realtor couldn't get it sold. I don't know why, but did they- couldn't get it sold, and um, uh, did a little homework, and the ARV on it was about $240,000. Um, the mortgage on it was about 1600 per month, so I got it under a lease option agreement for 205000 and the 1600 per month, what she was paying uh, per month, and um, uh, put, a, put a, uh, a spread on it um, of 35000 because I got it for two o five. And uh, had a two hundred and fifty dollar a month rent spread, so you know, advertised it, blasted it out to my uh, my buyers list, and uh, put a sign on the property. And a couple weeks later, I uh, I had a young couple that uh, with some kids that um, wanted the place. So. We went with the sale price of uh, 235 and 1850 per month and $10,000 up front as the option consideration, which obviously is non-refundable. They don't buy the house. They don't get that back. And by the way, as I say, full disclosure, you got to make that up front and in writing so everybody understands exactly what's going on. And so we're going along. Everything's running really smoothly. No problem. And then about four months later, I get a call from the uh, the husband. And he says that uh, they've decided they're going to get divorced. Believe it or not, and this happens. I've had this happen over the years. Divorce. I've actually had people die, things of that nature. Uh, I've had people get transferred, but they were going to get divorced. So I said, okay, uh, you know. um, And he said right to me that I understand I can't get my ten thousand back. I said, well, okay. You sure you don't want to? You can't work out staying in the house. He said, no. I said, okay, So they left. And of course, uh, most investors at that point are, you know, going into panic uh, because they're losing their tenant and they got to go find another tenant buyer. And I I went into panic for about 35, 36 seconds. And uh, then I was ready to go. Uh, As a matter of fact, you know, I I would go help them move. They've decided they got to go. I'll get the truck. I'll move them out as fast as I can get them out because I get to do this all over again. So they left and um, I went out and found another ten empire. you know, put the sign back up, did my email blast, uh, put the ads in Craigslist and all that. A couple of weeks later, I got a, uh, another uh, uh, couple and uh, same deal. They came up with another 10000 for the option uh, consideration and um, it was the same uh, price and so forth. Same market. So at any rate, uh, we're closing on this. They're they're right now getting uh, getting everything in order to close. Uh, we're going to close either close the end of this month or next month. Uh, and the numbers on it, uh, it, it is a reason why I like lease options. Uh, we have ten thousand for the first uh, option deposit that I got from the first uh, buyers that I kept because it was non refundable. Ten thousand from the second, and now. By the way, goes towards the purchase of the house, so it counts. Uh, some banks will count it as a down payment. Some won't, but it goes towards the towards the purchase, so it does reduce the price. Um, over the forty eight months that I've had the house and the two tenants in there, I've gotten eleven thousand five hundred dollars in rent spread, and when we close, there'll be an additional twenty thousand dollars on the back end, which is the difference between the two oh five and the one th- and the two thirty five. So, when you add all these numbers up, this house gave me $51,500 from a house I never owned and I put under contract for $10. That's all I have in the house. So, those are the kind of deals that, and I've gotten way more than one of these kind of deals. Uh, So, these are the kind of deals I really like. Um, You know, I, I hate for the people to have to leave, but. You know, sometimes I get transferred or, as I say, they get divorced or whatever, and they got to go, they got to go. But you get to do it all over again when they do. So those are the deals I really like.
1: Best ever project you're most excited about right now?
0: Well, my mentoring program, uh, because it's growing a lot. Um, I'm getting lots of good feedback. I'm getting people to get their first deal done, which is really uh, the biggest biggest problem that I'm finding out there. I get a lot of people coming to me saying they can't get their first deal done. So we're getting that done. So I, I would say I'm excited very much about the, uh, the the mentoring program and how it's starting to grow and, and the good that it's doing for the people that are that are taking part in it.
1: Best ever way you like to give back
0: giving back for me uh, I'm kind of an animal guy um, I, I I think that they really need a voice and and that you know um, I'm always rescuing dogs and all that kind of stuff and um, I think they need a we do a lot of bad stuff to them we you know ruin their habitat and people mistreat them and stuff like that so I like to let the experts Handle it. Uh, so I, I try to give as much as I can to organizations, you know, like the SPCA and, and the Humane Society and things of that nature. And I highly recommend it. It's very rewarding, you know. So I I recommend it to others.
1: Best ever quote.
0: Well, the best ever quote. I hope you like it. Okay, because um, I, I did think about it. And uh, the best ever quote I can give <laughs> you is that uh, sellers want what they want until they find out they can't get it. And who do you think wrote that?
1: I don't know. I did.
0: Yes. Oh. <laughs> it's my best ever quote. <laughs> and,
1: and I, I like the, I like the literal translation of, of my question. That's good.
0: <laughs> okay. I'm glad you like it. I like that quote a lot. I like to quote myself, you know,
1: <laughs> what's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate?
0: Uh, the biggest mistake that I've made in real estate. Well, um, I would say probably, uh let I me, mean, let me just say that, um, that would probably be not being uh, upfront okay with people. Um, that, that's what I learned in, in real estate that you've got to be uh, completely open and above board. Uh, when you're not, you wind up having misunderstandings and those lead to problems and um, you know, it's easier to solve them. When, when you're up front with people. So I would say the biggest mistakes I've made in real estate w- was not full disclosure, which I learned early on, and I don't do that anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty full disclosure now, and I don't have any misunderstandings. So that's, that's probably the biggest mistake.
1: And lastly, what's the best ever place to reach you? Best
0: ever place to reach me is probably my website because uh, my phone number's there and everything else, my email. So that would be uh, realestatementoringusa.com.
1: Well, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your advice with the best ever listeners and talking about sales and marketing and lease options and the two different types of lease options. I know I was trying to confuse the best ever listeners unintentionally, (laughs) but according to you, there are two different types. One is the sandwich lease option. The other is the wholesale lease option Um, and how you've implemented those, how you're helping others implement those. Um, looking at the different ways you can make money, um, you talk about with the sandwich lease options, the option consideration, so the money to get into the agreement to the rent spread, the spread between what they're currently paying and what you're going to charge the the uh, the the people um, who are going to be uh, entering into the agreement to rent to own, um, and then also the back end profit. So. Uh, what you agreed on the purchase price to be between your amount and the amount they actually end up paying for it. And then talking through um, the the deal that you did uh, where, you know, September 2011, and you've made money on two different contracts, both on the option buyers and then also uh, the rent spread and the closing costs. So thank you so much for being on the show, sharing your best ever advice, and we'll talk to you soon.
0: Thanks a lot. It was great to be here. Thanks, Joe.